At Canlan Energy, community investment is a cornerstone of our corporate culture. We have a responsibility to support the communities in which we work and operate in. By focusing our investment initiatives, we can make a positive and measurable impact. Thank you to Kidsport for the opportunity to become their first partner here in Cochrane, Alberta. It comes with great elation knowing that Canlan's contributions will be a key piece to kids returning to sport this year. Looking to listen to Sport Calgary's podcast on the go? Be sure to follow the Face First podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, free to download on all iOS and Android devices. Kidsport Calgary presents the Face First podcast with your hosts, Alicia Rissling and Grace Defoe. And here they are sliding right on in, Grace and Alicia. Welcome back to the Face First podcast. My name is Grace Dayfall, and I have my co-host Alicia Riz Rizling here. And we're just here to chat, um, you know, wrap up 2020 and talk about kind of what's going forward in 2021 because it's the year's wrapping up. It's been a crazy year and I feel like we have a lot to look forward to hopefully in the next year. Yeah, I think going forward or or looking back on 2020, I should say, I think a lot of people will remember this year as as a tough year as a a very difficult year that almost like if you could go back and just erase it from your memories but I think just having been an athlete um and one of my principles is you have to learn from from the hard times you have to like take valuable lessons and apply those and hopefully going forward in the future we won't be faced with any more pandemics in our lifetime but there's still the the lessons that we've had to learn in this and and moving forward uh, are just so important. So Grace, why don't we just touch base first about, you know, wrap up the 2020 portion of your season. And then what are you looking forward to in the 2021 part? Yeah. So, I mean, I wrapped up kind of the end of 2020. We spent six weeks in Whistler. Um, it was really amazing to be back on ice. Like I just felt so, and I think part of the pandemic kind of gave me that like gratitude and joy back just to be like, wow, I'm just so lucky to even be sliding right now. When you see, people sick and, you know, people out of work and all this stuff. Like it definitely kind of brought that, brought a lot of joy back into sliding, which I think I didn't necessarily lose, but um, it just reminded me of how, how lucky I am as an athlete. Um, Yeah. I mean, that was really awesome. I made my second national team, which is also amazing, a bright spot. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I know we mentioned that I think a couple weeks ago, but I think that was a bright spot in, in this year as well. And now just, home in Calgary and trying to figure out what what the second half of this season obviously because our winter season goes half in 2020 and half in 2021 it's a little bit a little bit stressful right now not knowing necessarily where, I, where I'm going to be in a few weeks but I think also I've kind of learned to just accept that the information will come when it will come and it might change and and I think that sometimes we crave that information of um wanting it in advance and and wanting to know what to plan for so we can plan our life plan our training and I think this year has kind of given me a little bit of just letting me relax a little bit on that front and knowing that the information will come so how about you I know you're coming to us from a little bit of a different place so why don't you fill the listeners in (laughs) yeah so um I think that's a really uh, valuable lesson that you said and I think a lot of people deal with anxiety and of the of the unknown and I think what we've had to learn from this year is there is so much unknown and and what we think we know may change um and I think just being able to to handle that with grace 
no pun intended, um, but also <laughs> with, with, with the acceptance of like, you know what, everything's going to be okay and just be willing and be adaptable. And I think it would just all for the better. Um, and I had to face a little bit of that too. I, I live my life with, I want to know my plan. I want to know where I'm going to be. And, and, uh, last, my last week when I was in Whistler, so unlike you, I wasn't there for six weeks straight. I was there for two and a half, went home for two and a half to push in the ice house in Calgary. And, uh, when that got shut down, then we went back to Whistler for another two and a half. And, um, I, I was leaving Whistler the day before we were about to leave. And I got an email saying, you are going to Europe for second half, which cause for celebration. Holy crap. My last couple of years or months of sliding over the last two years have only been in Whistler. Um, for people who don't know, Whistler is the fastest, probably most technical, technically difficult track in the world, um, especially on the bobsled side. Would you argue for skeleton as well? Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. It's tough. And I think for any of the sliding sports, just the technicality combined with the speed is... Yeah, <laughs> and, and spending a lot of time there can be overwhelming. I think um, it really starts away on your your mind and your your body for sure. And and I was just been like itching and praying to be on another track. And so to get this email and say congratulations, like you get to go to Europe, and I was so excited. And then of course there's an asterisk, and it's like you get to choose whether or not you want to go to Europe because if you want to go to Europe, um, you have to fly to Ottawa and quarantine for five days and get a negative test before you can get on the flight, which of course, no big deal. Get me to Ottawa, I'll quarantine for five days. But those five days just happened to be over Christmas. So from December 21st to 26th, I am in isolation. I'm in my own hotel room in Ottawa. Um, Ottawa was chosen because the gyms here are still open and our team rented out a gym space that we can each go to individually. So at least we can still train. Um, but I am completely missing, uh, any Christmas festivities with family because I will be in a room by myself. So I think I was going to have Christmas zoom anyway, but, um, before it was looking like I could do it at least in my own home with my dog and my boyfriend, but unfortunately I will be doing it alone in Ottawa and then praying for that negative test on the 26th so I can get on the plane and go to Germany. Um, I have to, I have a little bit of a stressful, um, situation going for the for the second half, as I have to get what's called my five three two, which means I have five races on three different tracks over two years, and because I missed last year due to injury, those two years include this year for me to be eligible for the World Cup team next year, which means the Olympic team. Um, so there's only five races left. I have to finish all five. Um, but I am headed to <laughs> no pressure, but I'm still excited that I'll get to go to Altenburg, Germany, and then I will be going to Switzerland and I will be going to Austria as well as uh, the last race being in Germany and then world championships in a, and on different German track as well. So really looking forward to this opportunity. I'll have seven or eight weeks in, in Europe. Um, we get COVID tests every other day. We slide every other day. Um, so not looking forward to having things shoved down my nose, but, uh, I am looking forward to the opportunity to compete against other nations and, and, uh, really just being in Europe where I don't even have to quarantine, like us leaving and quarantining here in, in Ottawa has nothing to do with, uh, the Germans letting us in. It's everything to do with, uh, our funding partner on the podium, not wanting us to waste any time, um, and, and risk what happened actually 
Most recently, what we heard with the German team uh, for the World Junior Hockey Championships. And I guess they had the whole team had negative tests before they left. And then somehow they got to Edmonton and they had eight athletes test positive. So they had to miss all their preseason games. And um, really, that's my biggest fear right now. <laughs> but that's what we were kind of hoping this five-day quarantine will um, allow for the onset of symptoms so that if someone were to have a positive test, it wouldn't be, you know, four days later, it would be um, before we even got on the plane to go. So that's what we're trying to eliminate here. Yeah, um, but that's, it's smart. And my worst nightmare about looking at our logistics for second half is getting stuck somewhere and not only not being able to race, cause you know, you, you do take time off and, you know, you take stuff away from life for us. We, we have to pay for it. And if we have to quarantine as well, mm-hmm. then you're stuck having, you're kind of on the hook for that as well, which is just, Oh, it's such a, such a tough thing to weigh. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm jealous because I agree six weeks in Whistler. I was like, man, get me an Eagles track right now or Winterberg. Mm -hmm. You can just slide a little bit mindlessly. And, and it's a tough track to be fat. Those are tough tracks to be fast on, but it's not like Whistler where you're kind of like, it's like a gauntlet. gauntlet. Every time you go, you're at the top of the track. Like you're like, here we go. Yeah. You're settling in for us, settling onto our sled, going into corner one, and then corner one is just like, woo, and you're like, oh my god, here we go. Uh, <laughs> so I, yeah, I came home, and I was like, I, I needed to come home. It, uh, it takes a toll for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and another thing too is another thing we have positive to look forward to is 2021 is right around the corner, and with that comes the COVID vaccine, hopefully. Um, I hope no anti-vaxxers listen to this podcast, but, um, you know, <laughs> we, we, we have to trust the science here and, and hopefully our, our, the world collaboratively has worked so hard together, finally pooling resources and stuff so that we can get this safely out to those who need it the most. Um, those being our frontline workers, thank you for all that you do. Um, and, uh, get those to the most vulnerable populations first. And then hopefully by the time the rest of us get it, we, there'll be such low cases that it doesn't matter anyway. (laughs) It says something that you and I, our, our job is essentially, you know, to be as fast and as good shape as we can. And, And I know I'm looking forward to getting it whenever the time is right. And I think that says something that, you know, we, we trust the risks, but, our life is our body and, and we're okay with, with getting it. So trust the science mm-hmm. folks. Um, but <laughs> this isn't meant to get too political, but I, I'm, I'm not getting it too. <laughs> no, my, my point is just being, hopefully that means that with 2021 around the corner and, and these changes that are happening, that also hopefully means that life will be getting back to normal soon. And uh, hopefully with, uh, for us, this means heading into an Olympic year, heading into, what is going to be the the prep the final off season before the 2022 Olympic Games, which will be in February um, of 2022 in in Beijing? Um, and for me, I know that's going to be a really tough off season, and it's going to be extremely tough to do if everything's still closed. Um, and we've we've spoke a little bit about this before about how it seems to be varying by nation and and lockdowns and procedures and who gets exemption seems to be different everywhere. Um, what do you think race is like going to be the most important thing for you to be, that needs to change for 2021? Yeah. I mean, facility usage and access is, is going to be a huge one for me. And, and I think that, you know, my push is my, my sprinting has improved a lot, but because I've spent so many, 
time in the last couple of years focusing on sprinting because that's what you need to make our skeleton national team is now I actually have to focus more of the efforts into pushing and, and transferring it into pushing um, because I know I can run fast and I know I have the potential, I know potential. Um, it's not, <laughs> not always the best, best way to say that, but I know I have the opportunity to, to move it there, but the ice house really being closed for the last little bit in Calgary has been a bummer. Um, but I think just, yeah, working hard, putting in the work for me, consistency is, is key. And so just knowing that if I have a consistent off season where the work gets put in and, you know, some days things maybe don't feel the best and you do a couple less reps, you know, that you, overall you still put in a large volume over the summer. So I know it's going to be a tough off season as well, but I, I think we'll, we'll make, we'll have fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. Like, why do you keep doing things in, unless you're having fun, unless you don't love them? Um, Grace, if you had to pull something from 2020, um, what was your most memorable moment, maybe not just personally, but maybe in let's talk in sport general? I think, you know, and we had a conversation about this um, at uh, kind of to wrap up the year with my work at Thoughts and Champions as we kind of talked about the craziest, how crazy this year was and some of the, the standout moments. And um, Steve Messler, who, who you would know, who's our president and CEO at Classroom Champions um, and former Bob Sutter, um, said something that really, really resonated with me was it's kind of the year where athletes stopped staying in their lane and they got involved with like with politics and and with all this stuff going on with Black Lives Matter, with you know, the election. And I think sometimes athletes have been told not to get political and not to kind of get involved in human rights issues and all this stuff. And I feel like now we're making a little bit of headway into having a voice into that, into that realm um, and people trusting our voices. So I think that was really interesting. Um, And just watching obviously a lot of what the NBA did, the WNBA, and then, you know, the NHL diversity Alliance and all them, you know, canceling games like that, just for me, was a crazy moment. I was like sitting there watching, thinking like, this is history. Like people are going to talk about this. They're going to learn this in sport history through the next 20 years. Um, so I think that was kind of some really sad out moments. Um, COVID aside, I, I think that like, that's just, there's so many moments from COVID, but from sport perspective, I think that really sticks out. How about you? Yeah, th- th- those were all pretty big moments. Actually, it was uh, like, that, that I hope, Um, was just managed to take like this spotlight away from, from COVID for a little while too, which was also kind of nice because it was, it was time for that movement to happen. Um, and it actually kind of like brought the attention away from COVID, which was kind of a welcome thing and gave you something else to talk about, which was pretty incredible. Um, my favorite things to look back and, and again, just being who I am in, in women in sport was having a pretty incredible year for female roles. Um, we had, a uh, the first NFL um, coach, we had the first woman take part of in a major, I think it's a SEC game. Um, she's a kicker. We have the first female GM in baseball. Um, just, just nonstop records being broken over and over again. And in terms of the, the paths that women are taking in, in sport in general. And I think that was pretty incredible. And I think those, those victories and battles are just going to continue to, um, be set throughout the next couple of years. And I think it's just no longer becoming a surprise for anyone, which is really nice. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. Those are all phenomenal. And the WNBA too, and they're showcasing, as I mentioned, the, you know, their social justice kind of stand they took was to me a huge, and they did it knowing that like, you know, they didn't, didn't maybe have quite the viewership that the NHL or the NBA had, but they did it regardless because they knew it was, that it was right. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I still think it's really interesting. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably might've saw a tweet right before the holidays kind of talking about um, Sports Illustrated put out their who vote for your top teams of the year. And it was not top male teams. It was top teams, but then went on to list five or six all male teams. And so mm-hmm. um, we still have a little bit to go. I feel like, and I feel like we're going to keep talking about this. I know we harp on it and talk about women in sport, but it is really important. And it's little stuff like that. That just makes you go like, Oh, we've come so far. But we still have so many steps to back. Go. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll maybe have a have a further conversation on that in twenty twenty one. Do would you say that there was? Um, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little already, but like, was there a lesson that you learned from twenty twenty that is really going to stick with you? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of that, like patience and perseverance and and kind of for sure I think over the last couple years just talking specifically about training I guess in the last couple years we've been very lucky like to have you know our small sprint group and one-on-one training with either of our coaches and it became suddenly zoom calls and video angles and you know and I'm I did miss that like feedback and stuff like that but I realized that I could still accomplish a hell of a lot without like constant eyes on me and it was kind of like a validation of like um if people don't know like a couple years ago I was basically cut entirely from from the skeleton national program and I basically sat down with our coach Carla and was like how do I get there tell me how to get there um and we blew everything apart uncovered everything and and it was a lot of hard work and a lot of one-on-one time with her at our past gym at, at SAIT just like working on biomechanics and all this stuff. And so for me, it was kind of like validation of I can manage this myself and I, I know what's going on. And um, having like a fairly injury free off season was also super helpful in that respect. But I guess it just, it made me trust my, my training and like my instinct a little bit more. I love that. That's, that's incredible. That's so inspiring. Wow. Pretty great. See, like 2020 wasn't all that bad. If we can get lessons like that out of it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what are you most looking forward to for, um, in particular, like the rest of your season? You said before, there's still so much unknown. What are you hoping to get out of it? Um, I mean, it's so tough because I know there's like, and we've been back and forth on, you know, we have the option to travel, same as, as the email you got. And it's just weighing that risk um, with the reward. And and I know that at this point in my starting career, like, yes, I need, I need more. So I want to test equipment in Whistler, but I also need to get on a couple other tracks. I don't need to get, maintain my 532 qualification. I, I'm good. I'm set for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is just kind of about like, can I really withstand eight more weeks of training in Whistler? Um, so just trying to find another place that I can get on a track, whether it be for training or racing and, and seeing what happens. I think information is coming. Like I said, it's just been a little bit of a slower year. This normally all gets sorted out 
and then you get handed a calendar and then you know in November and it's like this is where you're gonna be for the rest of the year and I think we've kind of I'll never take that uh for granted ever again ever again no (laughs) having a schedule in September usually stressed me out because it was September and I was like why couldn't we get this in May but yeah now I'll be thankful for a September schedule lessons learned um yeah so I mean it, it definitely is just for me just still improving my sliding and and equipment is a big one for those for people who are huge sliding fans I know we've talked about this before but the push equipment and your drive are are so important and you know I feel like I'm driving really well I my pushing needs to be improved but you also need to work on the equipment side and, and testing stuff and speaking of that I know that you've been testing some stuff when you were out in Whistler as well so I was, I was, holy, I didn't know you realized that. Um, I, I bought, I have my own sled, um, shout out to Scovan engineering and, uh, Dr. Bishop who really helped, uh, that come together in 2016 when team Canada said, we're getting new sleds with the team, but we're, (laughs) as the story goes, we're giving it to, we're giving four sleds and we're going to only give to give one to the women's side and four and three to the men, excuse me. Um, so I flipped a desk on the way out and said, screw you guys, I'm getting my own, uh, $91,000 later, (laughs) um, working out a job as a waitress. So you can imagine that I did not pay for that myself. Um, I had to, uh, fundraise and so thankful for some sponsors that have been with me pretty much the entire way through, um, that have helped me get that sled. And that sled was, was the difference in people thinking that I was going to come 12th to 15th in my first world cup race. And I came forth. Um, however, uh, that sled did go through a little bit of a beating and not a little bit, a huge beating, um, in 2019 when I was struggling in Whistler actually, and there's a corner called 50, 50 for, and for Bob Sutters, it's, if you touch the wall before you get in there, which I, I couldn't stop and the ice was insanely fast. Like I'm talking, we're hitting walls going 147 kilometers an hour. Um, whereas like, <laughs> Uh, I ended up on my head uh, a couple, well, seven times actually, to be exact, uh, that season, which (laughs) wasn't fun for anybody. It definitely wasn't fun for the girls in my backseat. Um, and it wasn't fun for my sled and my sled never really recovered. And I did some testing when we were in Whistler and I was driving my sled and I was driving really good lines. I was, I was feeling like I was, I was driving well and executing well, but my times just weren't there. I was really far off the mark of my teammate who I, I should be very close to. Um, and then, so the next week I switched and went into a, one of my team sleds, actually one of the sleds that I didn't get in, in that 2016 meeting. Um, actually I think it's one year newer than that, but I, I drove that one and all of a sudden I, my times were way back up there and my speeds were way back up there. So, um, I I realized that maybe it wasn't me. I mean, I was hoping it really wasn't going to be me, but and wondering why I was so far off the mark, but, um, I think the problem was in the equipment. So instead of taking my sled with me, when we left Whistler, I boxed up this new BTC. I have yet to name it. Um, and I'll be driving it in all over Europe and hopefully getting some good results. Um, this year so much isn't really about the results for me. It's about just completing these races safely and effectively, but I really would like to have those results and prove that, you know, I deserve to be back on that World Cup circuit full time. No, for sure. I mean, I do have a question for you as as we wrap up this this little bit to start the new year. Is did you see yourself hosting a podcast in uh, at the start of twenty twenty? You know what? That's a great question because 
it's always been something I kind of wanted to do. Like I, I've been a guest on many different podcasts and I really like to talk. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, you know, I always kind of thought that having a podcast, I didn't think under the, the, circ- the circumstances that we're doing this under, but I couldn't be more grateful for it actually, like to be able to represent kids sport and, and use our platform to talk in about sport and community in, in Calgary and, and, and in Canada in general, it's been, it's been a very uh, positive thing to come out of 2020 as well. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity. What about you? Did you know you're going to be starting one? Um, I say the story is pretty funny because I remember seeing the email and I think like we were mid I, having a busy training day or something. I saw this email from, Kevin or someone at kids for it. And it was like, talked about a podcast. And I think maybe I misunderstood the ask a little bit. I thought that Rob was going to be hosting it. And I thought we were just going to be like color commentators on it. Um, <laughs> and then suddenly I got an email. It was like, congratulations, you guys are the co-hosts. And I was like, wait, what? Um, what did I sign so, up for? I, mean, I, I, I do like podcasts. Um, and I, I listened to, I've been on a couple, but um, I didn't really see this as a part of my year, but again, I couldn't be more thankful just to have the opportunity to talk to so many amazing people in our community. And I think for me, like I'm a little bit more reserved. I don't, I don't talk as, as much, um, that it, it's been really interesting just to connect as well. And, and I mean, I could hang out with you and, and even though we're not in the same room, like maybe we recorded the first few missed those mm-hmm. times, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been awesome. And it never feels like work at all when we schedule them. Um, you know, it's just like, to me, I'm like, cool, I get to like hang out on the phone with some cool people and tell stories about how Colin Patterson brought his the cup to his house and, you know, all that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't. It's been it's been fun. So thank you, Kids Sport. And thank you to our listeners who have been t- tuning in to the Face First podcast. Um, we've had a great start and we hope that it only gets better from here. For sure. And I think that we look towards a positive 2021 and, and having some more awesome guests on our podcast and seeing what, what kids sport can, can do this year. Fingers crossed, maybe a few more events that we always talk about that we love so much. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thanks everyone for listening and happy new year. Happy new year. Not sure what sports are provided in Calgary? Sport Calgary Sport Directory will help you find the sport and organization that's right for you. Visit sportcalgary.ca to learn more. Kyle Schufeld Gymnastics is located in Southeast Calgary and has a mission to enrich lives, build community, and foster a more active future through the magic of gymnastics. Founded and proudly owned by 2004 Olympic gymnastics champion Kyle Schufeld, the gym was developed through his years of traveling through hundreds of gymnastics clubs around the world, where he noticed that while high-performance sports is glamorous, participation simply for the love of the sport has the most impact. Learn about the program and how to register at kyleshufeldgymnastics.com.